最佳听众互动奖得奖的是 First Story， 等等，还有一位是 First Story 和 Discord 共同得奖。First Story 最新推出的 Discord 整合功能，视为听众管理新标杆，将拥有会员资格的听众自动加入 Discord 群组。这不仅减少创作者的负担，也为听众带来丰富的互动体验，获得全台 Podcaster 一致肯定。体验这个惊人的功能，立刻点击叙述栏连接，让你与听众互动更上层楼。On the last National Day of her term, President Tsai Ing-wen delivered an address titled "A Calm and Confident Taiwan: Moving Our Country Forward, Making a World a Better Place." She mentioned key policies of her administration, from defense, self-sufficiency to housing justice. She also directed some words across the strait, saying that Taiwan is willing to engage with China in the democratic dialogue to find a path to peaceful coexistence. 蔡英文的任期会停在明年的五二零，但国家要继续前进。President Tsai Ing-wen gave her last National Day address as president on Tuesday. She began by mentioning last month's launch of Taiwan's first indigenous submarine. 前建国造是历经三十年。For the last three decades, producing a domestically developed submarine has been a dream of presidents from different parties. Now we have made this dream a reality. As we started from scratch, taking the leap required immense courage because, when facing pressure, overcoming obstacles, and standing up to disparaging and false narratives. Tsai outlined her administration's achievements. She also thanked Taiwan's people for allowing reforms to unfold over the last seven years. I want to thank the people of Taiwan because we are always able to conquer fear through our solidarity, to resolve hostility through our tolerance. It has been four years since the passing of legislation for marriage equality in Taiwan. I want to thank those who oppose this for their tolerance, making Taiwan the envy of the world. I am also deeply thankful to our military personnel, civil servants, and educators for their understanding. This has given the government more financial resources to look after the next generation. Besides touting domestic policies, Tsai also. Spoke on cross-strait relations. 以维持现状作为各方的最大公约数。This has given the government more financial resources to look after the next generation. Maintaining the status quo as the largest common denominator for all sides is the critical key to ensuring peace. We are willing to take the Taiwan public consensus as a basis, conditioned with dignity and reciprocity, with a process of democratic dialogue to develop with the Beijing authorities a mutually acceptable foundation for interaction and a path to peaceful coexistence. The ceremony had guests from several of Taiwan's diplomatic allies, including Saint Vincent and the Grenadines Governor General Susan Dugan and Nauru President Russ Joseph Kun. There was also a delegation from a Japanese parliamentary group, which came to congratulate Tsai on her last National Day as president. At this year's National Day celebration, the spotlight also fell on Taiwan's athletes. The event acknowledged 96 athletes who competed in the Asian Games, the U18 Baseball World Cup. The Universiad and other international competitions. As they walked the red carpet, they were greeted with roaring applause. Being seen on this other platform is quite an honor for me. I am happy to be here for everyone to gather together once again. After the competition, my mood is more relaxed. 
but I'll still push forward with my training. I'm super relaxed. Being able to come here today is wonderful. It's the first time I experienced something like this. Some athletes couldn't resist holding out their phones to capture the moment. Despite being giants in their sports, they still had down-to-earth demeanors that endeared them to the crowd. Taiwan finished the Hangzhou Asian Games with 19 golds, tying its best-ever record. National team athletes also brought home 20 silvers and 28 bronzes. Another highlight of the National Day celebration was two marching bands hailing from the U.S. and Japan. Tokyo's Emerald Knights played nostalgic hits from anime favorites. The UCLA Bruins marching band followed up with sizzling Latin tunes and football fight songs. We take you there. Instruments. They bop in unison to the beat. They brought the theme of Chibi Muruko chant to this year's National Day Parade. It's followed by hits from other anime classics such as Slam Dunk and Dragon Ball. These are the Emerald Knights from the Tokyo University of Agriculture's second high school. Their dynamic formations and mesmerizing flag dance left spectators in awe. As colorful flags swung in the air, the venue became a field of flowers. Some instruments carried signs highlighting the Taiwan-Japan friendship. President Tsai Ing-wen and Speaker Yoshi Quinn were on their feet to wave at the young performers, who were followed by another showstopper. Shouts filled the air as the band made a high-octane entrance. The solid gold sound of the UCLA Bruin Marching Band was an electrifying sight, a blur of blue and gold. They served up sizzling Latin grooves and American football anthems. More than 100 musicians rushed from point to point, weaving intricate formations. The good vibes were infectious, and Taiwan's president and vice president just couldn't stay in their seats. But no one got as excited as lawmaker Luo Zhizhen. The proud UCLA alum was up and clapping, beaming with delight. With the performances of visiting bands, the National Day Parade showcased Taiwan's friendship with the U.S. and Japan. Now on to Orchid Island, which was devastated last week by Typhoon Koinu. After five days of rebuilding, power is back on island-wide. 90% of schools' facilities have been restored, with classes to resume after the National Day long weekend. Operations have already resumed at the island's Kairin Harbor, which sustained heavy damage from the storm. But despite the recovery, scars remain. Aerial imagery shows bald patches of land across the island. The devastation is even greater in residential areas. The storm hit Orchid Island with record-topping winds causing damages estimated at 300 million NT. To support recovery, affected households will receive funds of 5,000 NT each. Taiwan's first long-distance sailing race is entering its second year. The event across Tainan and Kaohsiung will recur later this month and this year. First prize is 1 million NT. 
20 teams of sailors have registered for the keelboat race. Organizers hope its international standards will propel Taiwan into the leagues of global sailing nations. Tainan Mayor Wang Weizhe went down to the water to try out a keelboat at the invitation of the organizers, encouraging viewers to give sailing a try. Sailing into the wind, enjoying the ocean's majesty, Tainan Mayor Huang Weizhe looks at home behind the rudder. He's not alone. These two young sailors were head and shoulders above the rest at this year's National Games kayak race. It's cool. This is my first time sailing. In a small boat, you need to control the balance more, but a keelboat doesn't wobble as much. The yacht race, organized by a yachting leisure group, is celebrating its second year, launching in Kaohsiung and Tainan on October 28th and 29th. This time, the top prize is 1 million NT, and 20 teams have registered a new milestone. I think they've really spared no effort here. Apparently, the first prize is 1 million NT, so I wish I could go brush up on sailing real quick. To try out a keelboat as impressive as this is really exciting. Everyone is welcome to come along. You'll definitely have a brand new experience. I guarantee it's a blast and great value for money. For the race this year, we have 20 teams competing. In the future, we hope that international boats from North and Southeast Asia can also take part. This international professional sailboat race puts Taiwan in the ranks of international keelboat races. The group running the race is working hard to promote Taiwan's nautical culture and the development of the sailboat industry. They want their events and races to inspire more people to get into sailing. This race, with its international standards, will be a way for Taiwan to consolidate its credentials as a sailing nation of international stature. Former Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison is on his first Taiwan visit to attend the National Day celebration and annual Yushan Forum. On Tuesday afternoon, he and his delegation were received at the presidential office. President Taiwan expressed hope for deeper bilateral trade cooperation. I want to thank MP Scott Morrison for his long-standing attention and support to Taiwan and for making his first Taiwan visit on National Day to extend his congratulations. Last year, our bilateral trade reached a historic high. We have close partnerships in sectors such as energy, minerals, agriculture and biotechnology. We anticipate Taiwan and Australia building upon this foundation to expand cooperation and generate richer business opportunities for both parties. Taiwan will also strengthen defense and security cooperation with Australia and other like-minded democratic countries to jointly safeguard regional freedom and prosperity. I would like to ask Mr. Morrison, who plays a key role in Australia's parliament, to continue supporting Taiwan. And so we wish to support in ensuring a resilient Taiwan and a region that has a strong deterrent against any, any violence or any aggression that would seek to take away the peace and freedom of the people of Taiwan. Tsai said that in 2020, when Morrison was Prime Minister, the Australia-US ministerial consultations issued a joint statement that mentioned the Taiwan Strait. Since then, such joint statements have continued to stress the importance of stability across the strait. China has extended its probe into Taiwan's trade restrictions on 2,455 Chinese products. The investigation was supposed to end by this Thursday, but will be extended by three months to January 12, 2021.
2024, one day before Taiwan's general elections. Taiwan's Mainland Affairs Council says the act is politically motivated. According to scholar Zhang Wuyue of Danjiang University, Beijing is attempting to sway the outcome on election day. In April this year, the Chinese Ministry of Commerce launched a probe into Taiwan's import restrictions on Chinese products. It was expected to announce the results this week. But just one day before Taiwan's National Day, the ministry announced that, due to the complexities of the case, it would extend the investigation period by three months to January 12, 2024. That's one day before Taiwan's general elections. Taiwan's Mainland Affairs Council urged Beijing to stop playing politics with trade. They want the Taiwanese people to feel that there are benefits to be gained from political trust, and that without political trust, Beijing will take measures it deems necessary, potentially adjusting ECFA's early harvest list. Taiwan and China are both members of the WTO. China states that we've continued to impose import restrictions on Chinese products. Does that violate the guidelines of the WTO? We are very happy to negotiate that issue within the WTO framework. Earlier this month, finance specialist Xie Jinghe predicted that economics minister Wang Meihua would be the next target of China's cognitive warfare. He said Beijing may seek to remove Wang from her post by suspending the Economic Cooperation Framework Agreement, or ECFA. After China extended its probe, Wang's ministry reiterated that it would help Taiwan businesses prepare for the impact. The ministry said it was willing to negotiate with China under the framework of the World Trade Organization. It's not necessarily the case that cross-strait trade will cease. However, Taiwan industries linked to China, such as petrochemicals, transport, machinery and textiles, will definitely see a reduction in export orders. Experts say that if China erects trade barriers and terminates ECFA, Taiwan will suffer a maximum loss of 20.5 billion U.S. dollars, accounting for 4.3 percent of last year's export value. But experts don't see China calling trade to a complete halt. Instead, it might cut products from ECFA's early harvest list, such as petrochemicals, textiles, machinery and transport. With three months to go before the elections, China's attempts to intervene are becoming increasingly clear. The death toll is rising as the Israel-Palestine conflict continues. In the city of Jerusalem, air raid sirens rang out twice on Monday. Taiwanese tourists described the ground shaking as missiles were intercepted. Individual tourists have had trouble returning home facing cancelled flights and full bookings. Some say they contacted Taiwan's diplomatic mission but didn't receive help in response. In the old city of Jerusalem, the once lively streets are now mostly devoid of tourists. We heard the air raid warnings go off and the shopkeeper told us to go in and take shelter for a while. They told us we might hear some explosions of the missiles getting intercepted. There were police everywhere. Everyone was on guard. Four days have passed since armed conflict broke out in Israel. On Monday, air raid alerts rang out twice in Jerusalem. Taiwanese tourists described feeling the vibrations of missiles and how maps showed danger zones all across across the city. Those wanting to go home have faced flight cancellations and full planes. For most of them, the journey home has required traveling to Dubai before transferring to Taiwan. 
A pair of Taiwanese tourists who wanted to return home early contacted two airlines to no avail. They reached out to Taiwan's representative office in Tel Aviv for help with return tickets, but received no constructive response. The current situation is quite unpredictable. We'll have to monitor the situation over the next few months. If you're thinking of visiting Israel, I wouldn't recommend coming over at this time. Over the past few days, young people in Tel Aviv have formed teams to put together donations of daily goods. They pack the items into boxes and write messages of encouragement, thanking soldiers and offering words of comfort to families. Boaz lives between Israel and Taiwan. He he says that for now, he has no plans to evacuate his second home. Locals are trying to carry on with their everyday lives as they hope for a swift end to the conflict. An art exhibition is now being held at Shongshan Cultural and Creative Park. The Songyan Land Festival exhibits works by nine contemporary artists from Taiwan, Indonesia and Japan. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang caught up with some of the artists to find out more about their works. Taiwanese artist Zhen Jinpong interviewed people who had worked in the Songshan tobacco factory. He then entered the text-based records into a trained AI model to turn their stories into poems. I interviewed several former employees of the Songshan tobacco factory and used the text of the interviews and dialogue and interactions with AI. Japanese artist Yoshiaki Kayatsu utilized 1,000 pieces of recycled styrofoam to create a Japanese-style building inspired by previous tobacco factories. The base and structure of the building are made of recycled plastic wood. Just we pick up the the you know the second-hand styrofoam for build-up. This place is you know the tobacco factory before, so this shape is very interesting. Uh, for me, this uh, uh, come from all the uh, tobacco factories. Indonesian artist Anang Saptoto created three works by interviewing and collaborating with Taiwanese farmers and children. Start with by children in the uh, local people in here. So the the children uh, like this make uh, try to find the harvest in the land. For example, like lemon or uh, papaya or vegetable, then bring into the kitchen, then we make a juice. But during the time, they make a postcard. They, they share the story. Now, after after the the postcard finish, we send to to Jakarta. Taiwanese artist Wu Xian created his work after interviewing former tobacco factory workers and looking through archival material. There are various works of workers packaging, rolling leaves and various other tasks. When I interviewed the employees, I found out that they had seen this banyan tree when they were younger, so I also put this banyan tree in the painting. I also invited dancers to reenact the packaging, rolling leaf and cutting leaves through a dance performance. Nine contemporary artists from Japan, Indonesia, and Taiwan created works for the Songyan Land Festival. The artworks are inspired by the park's history and industrial context. I hope that through the works of the artists this year, we can revisit the history of the Songshan Tobacco Factory. We want to present the history creatively. During the festival, there will be 18 talks, guided tours, and performances. Songshan Cultural and Creative Park was once the Songshan Tobacco Factory during the Japanese colonial era.
Through the festival, the park aims to tell the story of its unique history. The festival will be held till October 15th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Jin Chen Luo in Taipei. Lovers of Malaysian cuisine look up. A top Malaysian culinary instructor has set up an eatery at a beachside community in Jilong. The restaurant run by Zhen Nenliang is a highlight of Daolun food scene. But he's not the only unusual business in the area. A new creative market has popped up in Daolun to bring together all the many unusual ventures in this thriving seaside community. Chicken in a special curried batter sizzles furiously. It's hard not to tuck in as soon as it's out of the pan. This is Malaysian kuaitiao noodles, different to Taiwan's kuaitiao noodles. Sweet peppers and eggs make a delicious stir-fry with kuaitiao flat rice noodles and soul sauce. The delicious fried noodles are served up with an array of delicacies such as satay skewers, fried fish batter and coconut curry, filling the restaurant with tempting scents. It has quite a strong spicy flavor, and these sweet peppers lift the scent up. Add to that the aromatic lemongrass. I think it's very different to the normal kuaitiao noodles you get in Taiwan. It has more of a Southeast Asian flavor. We all know Malaysian food has a lot of aromatic and pungent spices. We have lemongrass, turmeric, ginger and garlic. And most importantly, we have Malaysia's authentic, quite distinctive pickled flavorings. This Chinese-Malaysian chef delights in mixing the best of Malaysian and Taiwanese cooking styles. He previously taught in a cookery school in Malaysia before opening up this restaurant near Daulun Beach in Jilong. If you look carefully, you might spot some special artworks on the walls of the restaurant. We had an idea, together with lots of our business partners, to start a market here at Waimushan. Our market brings together many different special and unique things. I hope that people who come here to Daolun don't think that all we have are traditional dishes like grilled sausages. The artworks were brought to the eatery by the local creative market team. It's a youthful group organizing occasional markets near the beach. It partners with many local businesses and also invites singers to perform on the beach. Local businesses are banding together to highlight the diversity and creativity of their seaside culture.